Welcome to Her Fantasy Football. You can hear us on Blog Talk Radio slash Her Fantasy Football and on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe to us on HerFantasyFootball.com so you can get our newsletter where we will give you our four ingredients for our fun game that's called Diced on FanDuel. Her and on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe. Ooh, exciting. Sorry. Replay. <laughs> that's how awesome it is. That's how awesome it is. That's the oh, remix. And a, and a friendly reminder, make sure to tune into our radio show on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio from 9 to 11 Eastern on Saturday night. Also, you can chat with us on Twitter at HerFantasyFB and on Facebook slash HerFantasyFootball. I'm your host, Courtney Kirby. I am here with my lovely, wonderful sisters, Somewhat crazy, though, if you knew what we were talking about before the show, Brandon, Marianne, Lee, and Ashley Williams. For once, it's not me making the crazy statements. For once, it's not. It's not. Hey, YouTube listener uh, or watcher, got my Broncos back. Got my Broncos back behind me. (laughs) Uh, Oh, he just made the comment. He says, yeah, the Wild posters back. Oh, there you go. I thought about you when I came down the basement. (laughs) Here I am. Awesome, you guys. We're in week nine. This is the worst week ever for football. Oh, my gosh. There's several teams on by. There's six that are actually on by, but there's a couple that shouldn't are basically on by. So we have the Chicago Bears, Cleveland Browns, Minnesota Vikings, New England Patriots, Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Los Angeles Chargers all on by. So get them out of your lineup. Got a lot of questions, I'm sure, for tight ends with Gronk being out. Antonio Brown, not in your lineups. Ouch. Ouch. No Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs. Then there's the Browns. Wow. And then the Chicago Bears are no Jordan Howard. So there you go, you guys. So lots of fillers you're going to need. Um, we're going to start off the show, though, talking about one of the teams that are on buys. Because if you did not know, been hiding on a rock. There's been some trades here in the NFL. The trades are done. Unfortunately, the Cleveland Browns did not get that memo. Brandon, would you like to fill us in? (laughs) There's some (laughs) conflicting reports on this, but basically it sounds like the Bengals and the Bears or and the Browns had decided that there was going to be a trade that would take place um, where AJ McCarron was going to become a Cleveland Brown. Um, And Cincinnati made the call to the NFL office and approved, you know, gave the information. Uh, But the Browns missed the deadline. They just didn't call in time. And it didn't end up happening. And uh, what kills me, though, is that now they're coming Uh, out and saying, oh, there was a disconnect between the Browns front office and the coaching staff. Supposedly, the Cincinnati Inquirer said this, and that was the delay because they felt that the former offensive coordinator, Hugh Jackson, for A.J. McCarron was overvaluing him. Um, as compared to what the front office thought that he was. Um, but see, the deal was already done, Browns. If you wanted to have mm-hmm. a discussion, it happens before you already agreed on a trade with somebody. That's just how it works. I'm sorry. But you know what, you guys? It just proves, yet again, the Browns are always going to brown. They're, the, the Browns, Browns are always going to brown. Always going to brown. Yes. It's always going to happen. And here's the thing. Now, this is another middle finger to Deshaun Kaiser. 
mm-hmm. and it didn't even ha- come through. It didn't even yeah. happen. It's just a middle finger to Deshaun Kaiser again to say, we do not think you're the person. We do not respect you. We're going to continue dragging you out there, putting the nails in the coffin and finishing this up. I just, it's unbelievable. Unreal. Unreal. Mm. Well, after that depressing news, we're going to go to, luckily, Thursday night is Game of the Week. Could be. Uh, could be a good one. I'm excited. to be AFC champs, Buffalo Bills, at the New York Jets. <laughs> so, before this, Brandon was talking about how she thinks the Buffalo Bills could make it to the Super Bowl. I'm going to no, give you a couple of minutes, Brandon. And the Jacksonville Jaguars and- are going to be in the a- AFC championship. I'm yeah. going to let Brandon speak to this, and then I will touch on the Bills because it's too good to not give Brandon the floor. <laughs> okay. And everybody, everybody on YouTube, you just start freaking out right now. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Buffalo Bills defense are so legit. I think it's going to be very difficult for anyone to beat them, and I could see an AFC championship with the two of them. I am hoping you were right, Brandon, because it would be so glorious if that was who it came <laughs> down so to. so awesome. For the AFC championship. I don't think it's going to happen, but it'd be glorious. But I will say. First in their division. <laughs> they're legit Ds. They're legit Neither defense. one of them are first in their division. No, they're both second in their division. But they're coming on strong. And I There's think that time. Calvin Benjamin. Well, go ahead. You do you. But I'm there, There's still time. Yeah. Now, as we said, you know, there's obviously big moves uh, for the trade deadline. And one of the biggest moves was the Bills acquiring Kelvin Benjamin, wide receiver from Carolina Panthers, in exchange for a 2018 third and seventh round pick. Um, I kind of thought he'd get, they'd get a little more value out of that. But interesting. I don't know. It's not horrible compared to the Jai trade, but we'll get to that one later. Um, but Kelvin Benjamin, as expected, he will be starting. He's going to be an X receiver and starting this week. So you will see immediate impact. Uh, he played in the X at Carolina. This is his natural role. This is good news. This means that Jordan Matthews will remain in his natural position, which is the slot. And if you recall, when we started this season, we basically said they've got a whole team of slot receivers. So they're going to have to push Zay Jones out. And they basically, they did. They, they pushed him out into the Z receiver, which is, you know, being lined up on the strong side. And he did not do well. He's done terribly. So the good news is that this move is going to be good for Zay Jones. Not good enough for you to play him. We'll get to that later. But he's going to get some of that much-needed assistance on the strong side. So I think we're in a little bit better position. And I like this for Tyrod Taylor. I do. But LaShawn McCoy, I'm going to say, he was my pick for our Sirius XM of my running back that I believed in. And he delivered. 27 times he rushed for 151 yards and a touchdown. Then he added six catches for 22 yards. He was on fire last week. He was so good. Second highest scoring running back of the week in standard leagues. He led the team in targets for the second straight week in a row. Now, I don't think that's going to continue now that we have Benjamin, but that's how dire the receiver situation was here. So I can understand why they made this trade for Benjamin because, again, Nobody was really producing for them. Uh, he has been strong since their bye week, and he's a must-start every week. I think he's going to do fine this week, but especially with six teams on bye, there's absolutely no scenario on this planet where you are benching LaShawn McCoy, period, regardless of the matchup. But you can feel good about it. He's going to be good. My sleeper is Jordan Matthews. He caught three or four targets for 21 yards. He needs to be targeted a lot more than four times. Um, I would say only consider him if you are desperate. I do think that we could see an uptick from him now that he is not going to be the wide receiver one on this team. That has never been his strength. So I think this is actually going to benefit Jordan Matthews. 
but he's been really inconsistent. Now, at the end of the day, again, with six teams on by, you're probably still going to have to play him, but temper your expectations is all I'm saying because we're going to have to wait and see how this is going to play out with Kelvin Benjamin on the team. And I think even this week's going to be a little rough. I think we'll get a better estimate of it come next week. Um, but again, with six teams on by, it's, you know, slim pickings. My bench, Tyrod Taylor, although he could be a streaming option, he did 20 to 27 passes for only 165 yards and a touchdown, but he did rush for a touchdown, which was great. Um, I do think his yardage, I think he's always in that 160 to 225 yardage range. I think this will probably bump him more around 275, maybe. On average a game he's you know rarely getting to the threes but again he is you know a rush attack so if you need to stream somebody i think he is an option zay jones i don't want him in your lineup even though he's moving out to a different position he has dropped balls that have literally been dead in his hands center of his numbers he is just not producing you cannot put zay jones in your lineup at this point in time andre holmes wide receiver was three for four for 51 and a touchdown don't fall into this trap. His 51 yards last week was more than he has had all season long in yardage. Yes, he has scored three times, but Benjamin changes everything. So this is not someone that you should be looking at. And then Charles Clay is not playing this week. Um, so do not play any of his backup tight ends, but it's hopeful that he should be returning in the next week or so. Boom. The Jets. All right. This is a tough matchup for everyone on the Jets, except the guy you own, us. Austin Safarian Jenkins. So you were good. I know he didn't get a touchdown for you, the, for you for the first time since week four, but you should still start him. Josh McCowan just reached the top 10 quarterbacks. In yeah, I did. <laughs> yes. And you know why? Because he is on my misfit team and that is how I do it. Not doing very good in that league, but he is fabulous. He is not the reason. Um, this isn't the best matchup, but keep an eye on him. He is available in over 70% of leagues. Some of you guys are holding on to guys that aren't good and are not getting you the fantasy points. Josh McCown is getting you the fantasy points. So I'm just saying, if you're going to hold two quarterbacks, if you're playing a two-quarterback league, he should be on your roster. Mm -hmm. um, he's had 18 or more fantasy points in the last three weeks. And guys, basically everybody's on the bench. I typically love these receivers, but again, this is a tough matchup. Only AJ Green and Mike Evans have had double digits against the Bills, so I would look for a flex or wide receiver three somewhere else. The last time Powell and Forte played the Bills, they both got under four fantasy points in standard leagues. It isn't impossible to get double digits against the Bills. The best way to do it um, is to be a receiving back, and therefore I do like Powell more than Forte. Um, but it's going to be kind of scary. Uh, we got the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. Talk about scary. Joe Flacco getting hit last week. What a joke. Oh. God, I hate Miami so Flacco. much. Flacco. I was like, not Flacco. Oh, yeah, I was like, oh, what? Yeah. yeah, no, Flacco's not <laughs> a jerk. It's like, <laughs> I mean, he's Flacco's been disappointing. the most boring person in the world. If he is a jerk, I would be yeah, so no. sad. Alonzo, yeah. it, was, it was, I mean. It was It was sad, but it was also, I, I felt bad because I left because when he was like. When he put his uh, finger up? Yeah, he did. <laughs> he just, just kind of was like dazed, like, uh, and I was like, like, oh, oh, oh no. I need no, but I knew I was like, just get him out of oh, the game. Oh, my server. God. Yeah. Yeah. Server, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I need help. <laughs> That's when I knew I was really scared because I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. What's going to happen? Yeah. But it's, oh. Talk about looking dazed. It was like, I hope he is immediately out for the I game. I mean. Very clearly. Wow. Yeah. You didn't even need someone to look on the sideline. That was a guarantee. Like, oh, yeah, no, you're in concussion protocol. Yeah. Period. Yeah. 
Interesting. But uh, he is practicing in full and he's going to play this week. So even after that wow. hit, again, as we've mentioned, concussions are really interesting that they affect people very differently. And he clearly got ringed hard, um, but he's going to play this week. Now, I'm only mentioning this at the top of the show, not because he's a starter, because Joe Flacco has not been a starter in your lineup at any point in time in this season. No, drop him for, for McCowan, people. <laughs> it would be, yeah, it, you'd be, playing McCowan would be a much better choice than playing Flacco. But um, I only mentioned it because, again, this has an impact on other players. So, Let's start with Alex Collins. Uh, Coach Harbaugh has said that he's earned more playing time, which I think is warranted after his performance last week. He rushed 18 times for 113 yards. He had two catches for additional 30 on top of that. Uh, he's averaging almost six yards uh, a carry with 80 carries, which is interesting. He just has fumble issues. So if, if they can factor that into their game plan, that he's probably going to fumble here and there. He is someone <laughs> that I think you can – kind of count on again 113 yards he looked good and i love that the whole broadcast was about him and his irish dancing which i just found absolutely hilarious <laughs> but, hey if it works for him um i am also really wondering what the seahawks are thinking right now um with the atrocity that is the four running backs they have right now that all get like four yards a game uh, I think I'd take a fumble or two a game and get anywhere between 60 and 100 yards versus uh, the four that they get. Just the coach so. has to be able to sleep at night, too, and some coaches just can't handle fumbles. They just mentally yeah. Yeah. cannot accept that as part of the game. Bill so. Belichick would have already sent him to some other state. Oh, oh sure. yeah. He wouldn't have released him, but he'd just be like, you have to sit there and not be on my team. Yeah. Oh, if yeah. If this was Coughlin, yeah, 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 yeah. Coughlin would have been like... Probably would have cut off his hands. But at the end of the day, they, they're in an interesting <laughs> I'm sorry. For some reason, that really hit me. I was like, oh, my gosh. It's obviously not real. I know. I know. <laughs> I just, maybe it's Halloween. I just was like, Ugh. Not like medieval times where we physically eye for an eye. I physically reacted. I'm a hand sorry. for a fumble. I think it's fair. Uh, oh, man. man. Oh. Yeah. Kids Brandon has a, yeah, Brandon has a softer stomach. soul than us. We're fine my with that. That's why we're recording bad, so much so. earlier this tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I'm, I'm like a little uneasy. <laughs> well, hey, Harbaugh says he wants to give him more time. So we're going to go with that. Now, what I will say, though, is that while Alex Collins is the lead back for all intensive purposes at this point, Buck Allen still has a really large role on this team. He's rushed 17 times. That was just one less time than Collins last week. And he only had two less touches in total. Now, he was not as productive as Collins. He gained 55 yards versus the 113, but he has much better hands. My issue is that they haven't been utilizing him as a pass-catching back the last few weeks, and this is where they've been going wrong. This is a big issue of mine. I'll get to the fact that Woodhead is coming back in a second here, but as of right now, you both you can play both of them in flex roles, possibly a running back too, depending on what you have for buys. Sleeper, I don't love the idea of playing any Raven wide receiver, but if you're going to pick one, it should be Jeremy Macklin. He caught three of five targets for 53 yards and a touchdown. He's also had three touchdowns thus far this season, which isn't that bad when you consider he didn't play two games. The issue is he just doesn't get as many targets as he should for a wide receiver. One, five targets, it doesn't cut it. They need to be targeting him a lot more. He was limited in practice Wednesday, so keep an eye on the injury report, but he should play. I think he's going to be fine. Um, if you're in a tough situation with the tight end, there's always Ben Watson. He was two for four for six yards. We did get a touchdown. Uh, he's only on 11% of league. So he's out there if you're, if you're in trouble, but there's, I think there's other matchups out there that should be a little bit better for you. Um, cause it's not the best matchup for him, but again, he's someone that has at least scored. So he has that upside. If you're really in a, in a tricky situation, Danny Woodhead, as I mentioned, he, uh, has resumed practicing. He will be eligible in week 11. So, uh, he's coming to a very, very crowded 
convoluted backfield at the moment. So it, he could be an interesting foil for Buck Allen owners because Woodhead is has always been the pass catching back, uh, but he has been injury prone. So again, I don't know if they're going to utilize him as much and try to basically put him on a snap count when he does return. Um, but just keep an eye on that in terms of what we're seeing. If you're a Buck Allen owner bench, Mike Wallace, he is practicing in full, but it's just an average matchup. He's boomer boss. It's too risky in my opinion. And Terrence West uh, is still not practicing. So boom, boom. All right. Tennessee Titans. So here we go. The Titans had a great game against the Colts in week six, an awful game in week seven against Cleveland. And then in week eight, they were on their bye. So here we are in week nine and nothing is certain. Absolutely nothing is certain. This is a tough week um, with six games on six, six teams on bye. I know there were rumors about DeMarco Murray being traded. Obviously that didn't happen. Um, yeah, the Browns didn't get the paperwork in in time. The Browns didn't get the paperwork in time. Uh, this is a great matchup. So I don't know if I could bench DeMarco Murray. I think I think they're worried about his injury, and I don't know if they're going to keep him limited. Um, so I'm still playing him. I'm still playing Henry. Um, you can score on Baltimore by running on them. So I think they're going to use both of these guys. So just keep an eye on uh, Murray's injuries, though. Um, he is listed as questionable. Delaney Walker has been super disappointing, and he is still dealing with an ankle injury after the bye. So the good news is he saw 10 targets the week before bye, and this is a great matchup. So I would still start him if and you know when he plays. And I don't love Marcus Mariota this week. The only quarterback with over 12 fantasy points against the Ravens was Blake Bortles, AFC champs. Yikes. It's not like Mariota has been good since his hamstring injury anyways. And because Mariota has been bad and the Ravens give up the second fewest fantasy points to both quarterbacks and wide receivers, I'm trying to stay away from these wide receivers as well. I do like Richard Matthews more than Eric Decker, but if I can try to get away from both of them, I will. I think this is going to be a really weird game. Weird. Spooky. Mm. Halloween week, kind of spooky. Like medieval right. torture? Like, hands like cutting people's off. hands off. Yeah. <laughs> God, medieval torture jokes. <laughs> you got me going crazy. <laughs> You're so nuts. Oh, <laughs> come on. All right, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New Orleans Saints, those Bucks. Everyone was awful last week. Everyone. So bad. So Doug bad. Martin did near projections with 75 yards, and he's been getting you 8.6 fantasy points in standard leagues. So that's not too off. I would still start him this week as well. Um, you're still starting Evans. This isn't the easiest matchup, but Marvin Jones and Golden Tate had 15 points against them in week six. So if he can do it against the Saints, so can Evans. I can't even pretend. I can't, I can't get my head around the fact that the Saints defense is decent this year. It's really weird not ranking them 26th uh -huh. or 32nd every week. It's it was such an automatic. It's kind of like Deshaun it's, Kaiser. Yeah, the, it's like, insert down. here, Saints last. Not anymore. Um, this is a tougher matchup for Cameron Bray, but the Saints haven't really faced a good tight end since week two when Gronkowski shredded them for 116 yards and a touchdown. I'm not saying Bray is Gronkowski, but – Great's a lot better than everybody else that they've come up, come he up against. Could do so seventy-five and a touchdown. Yeah, well, he yeah. could do he could do twenty-five and a touchdown, and that's probably more fantasy points than any other tight end is going to get you this week. So it's okay, <laughs> other than maybe Zach Ertz so, and Travis Kelsey. So you're good. You could still play him. 
I'm doing it. Feel fine about it. Jameis Winston is questionable with that shoulder injury. He looks like he should have not been playing last week with throwing mm -hmm. just over 200 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. I mean, this is do a doable matchup, but the Saints can cause turnovers, and that is exactly what Winston's problem is right now, especially with this injury. They're not even sure if he's going to play. He's questionable. So I'm finding another quarterback to start this week and just going with them. Feel good and move on. All right, those Saints. So Coach Payton said he's sure that Mark Ingram will bounce back from um, the two-fumbled game that he had last week against the Bears. It was not pretty. You saw some interesting exchanges between Payton and Ingram. Got a little heated. Um but Ingram is still the guy, and he did get 75 yards off 18 rushes and a touchdown and 24 extra yards in the air. Um, week eight is just apparently a really bad week for Ingram because last year he was benched. If, I think you remember this. He was benched when he had fumble issues in week eight. But yeah. the good news is he came back, Peyton put him back in, and he got 171 yards and two scores the following week in week nine. I can't guarantee that's going to happen this week. But I do think that Peyton's going to go back to him. Ingram is clearly their lead back. They've been running very heavy with him. And now we just know that week eight is just a really bad week for Mark Ingram. Period. <laughs> One of our YouTube listeners just said, cut Ingram's hands off. You guys, this medieval punishment. <laughs> That's, what not, That's what I'm right. saying. That's what I'm saying. It's not right. Done. 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 No, no, no. Maybe we'd like, like. I'm thinking like Game of Thrones style. Like, yeah. Eric oh Ebron is next on the list. Oh. We should just make a line. Oh no! Like a did you see? Did you see the kid that went as Eric Ebron and he had bricks for hands and oh, he wore no. an Ebron jersey? Oh, uh -huh. and like his it was like a video of like his parents like throwing the football and he just like clapped the brick on the football. I can't believe you didn't send that to me with my. my <laughs> for Eric I know. Ebron. I know it was pretty good. That's amazing. Hilarious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Ingram will do fine. He's going to do fine. I don't think he'll do 171, but I think he'll be right back at his 100-yard rushing games that he was doing previous to this. Um, he just had a rough week, and it's week eight, and that's what he does. So, um, yeah. Michael Thomas, though, he caught 7 of 8 for 77 yards. He has an awesome matchup with the Bucks, giving the third most points to wide receivers. So I think we're finally going to see him surpass 80 yards and get a touchdown I am predicting this is the week that Michael Thomas owners can stop being frustrated with Michael Thomas. In fairness, you should be happy if you got Michael Thomas versus Mike Evans right now. Just oh. saying. But, but um, I think he's going to do okay. He's going to do it right. Now, Drew Brees, I'm a Drew Brees owner, so I can also speak to this. Uh, he just had an okay game. He was 23 or 28 for 299 yards. He did not throw any touchdowns, which is the first time this season that he has not thrown a touchdown. Uh, he has a great matchup, and he should get back to his touchdown throwing ways. If we look at how other quarterbacks have done against them, Case Keenum got 28 points, Eli Manning got 27, Carson Palmer got 20, Tyrod Taylor got 20. I think we can be feel pretty fine about Drew Brees this week. He's going to be just fine. Keep him in your lineup. Don't panic. Uh, my sleeper is Alvin Kamara. He rushed eight times for 28 yards and a touchdown, added three passes for 48. Uh, he is a starter in PPR leagues, peer, regardless, period. And he's a great flex in standard leagues. He, he is, especially with these bye weeks, he's someone that has to be in your lineup. He's great. Uh, and even with Sneed coming back, Ted Ginn Jr. has maintained wide receiver two status on this team. Now, he's not being targeted a lot. He's only targeted four times, and they only caught two of them, but it's for 68 yards. But he is a guy that can be in your flex. 
I am a little nervous that Sneeze roll is going to pick up because Sean Payton did say that he's going to have a roll down the stretch. But thus far, we have yet to see that. Uh, he only played in four of the 61 snaps, which is ridiculous, and he didn't have a single catch. So you have to play again until we see actual production from Willie Sneed. Because as of right now, he hasn't really been utilized. Now, Brandon Coleman, he only caught one pass for 54 yards, but at least he's got a higher ceiling at this point than Willie Sneed, uh, and technically a higher floor, which is sad when he's because he's touchdown dependent. But for me, Willie Sneed's the bottom of this list. It's got to go, obviously, Thomas, Ginn, Coleman, then Sneed. Uh, and Kobe Fleener, absolutely not. He's averaging one catch per three games. He's a permanent bench. I'm at the point that I may not even talk about him anymore. Bye. Yeah, bye, Colby. Mike Evans is way better than Michael Thomas, and I just want you to take back what you said. It was not even true. He had one down game. It still was six fantasy points in standard league, so you just need to chill. The, I, as owners of I don't think I can Please chill. give me a break. Michael Thomas has been god-awful. He has not been god-awful. He just hasn't scored touchdowns. He's averaging like 80 yards a game. He's only had like two ah. games where he didn't get 80. Ah, stop it. Stop it. Okay, what does he have? Yards we're doing now? For doing yards. Okay. He said, hold on here. Okay. All right. Stuff. All right. 4.5 points, 8.9 points, 1.1 points. points. We're talking points. What does it matter? What, how many yards he gets if he doesn't get you fantasy points? 8.2 points, 7.7 .7 points. That is not a number one wide receiver. What are you looking What are, what settings are you looking at? I'm, I'm showing 4.5, 8. 8.9, 14.7, 14.9. I skipped over the two 14 points. I skipped over those games. Come on. <laughs> Come on uh -huh. now. Uh -huh. right. Let's get to the Sorry. Rams. I own Michael Thomas, and I'm extremely disappointed. <laughs> Los Angeles Rams and the New York Giants. All right, you guys, this is so exciting. I am talking Stop about talking a team. talking like that. So embarrassing. Gosh, we got a sassy little sister down today. Mike Evans, four games with double digit points. All right. Anyway, the Rams. Todd Gurley is a must start. Shocker. Um, I will say, though, um, that he has had um, 88 or more rushing yards in all but two of his games played. And he only had one bad game, and that was against Seattle when he fumbled into the end zone, and that is still the stupidest rule that they have in the NFL. That shouldn't mm -hmm. be then an automatic turnover. Sorry. Dumb. Anyway, uh, Jared Goff is the perfect streamer this year, you guys. Whenever he's playing against a team that gives up a lot of points to opposing quarterbacks, he scores 18 or more fantasy points. This includes Dallas, Arizona, San Francisco. If he goes up against tough defenses like the Jaguars or Seattle, Single digits. Well, guess what, everybody? The Giants give up the sixth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, so you can stream them this week. If you're someone who has Jameis Winston and you're worried about him, or you know you, you got someone on by, or what have you, Jared Goff is a fantastic streamer for this week. Again, I don't care if he's always good as long as I know when he's going to be good. That is what Jared Goff is. And uh, you can start Greg Zerline, of course, uh, Legatron, and the Rams defense because they're playing against Eli Manning. Uh, sleepers, the Giants have allowed eight touchdowns in seven games to opposing tight ends. That's right. More touchdowns than games to tight ends. So it's going to be Tyler Higby or Gerald Everett. Probably Higby because of the volume, but they could get yeah. Everett involved after the bye. But if you're playing DFS and you want to take a dart throw or if you're in a super deep league, I just want to mention this is the best matchup ever for 
of them. And the Giants suspended Janoris Jenkins. I cannot believe this. Their cornerback. Definitely. That's the crazy part to me. Indefinitely, because he did not come back in time for the Monday practice after the bye. And um, this comes uh, two weeks after they had uh, suspended uh, Dominique Rogers Cromartie, another cornerback. That one was because he left a meeting and a huff, and maybe there was some sort of altercation. It's a little bit hazy. Uh, so here's the deal. Without Janoris Jenkins there, this could be a Sammy Watkins game, actually. And I think that's intriguing. Uh, now, Sammy Watkins has been, uh, uh, speaking of disappointments, Mike Evans and Michael Thomas have nothing on this Sammy is Watkins. True. This is yeah. true. Sammy Watkins. We're, we're fighting over, <laughs> yeah. we're fighting over, you know, green or red and yellow cherry tomatoes. There's still cherry tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. The, this guy is, I mean, somewhere else. But maybe with Janoris Jenkins out, this is intriguing. Um, I'm going to say this as well. Um, Robert Woods has quietly had five catches in each of his last three games, five or more catches in four of his last five games. He still hasn't scored a touchdown, but if you need a Band-Aid this week, he's got a very high floor, especially in PPR leagues. And then it's Cooper Cup who actually scored the touchdown and had the big game before the bye. He is the leading scorer for this team at the wide receiver position. If he gets in the end zone, he's great. If he doesn't, it gets you three points. I don't know what your life is like, uh, but the Giants, you know, defense again, it's questionable. So there you go. And then in terms of the Giants, because I get to cover both of these teams. Uh, and by the way, my like irrational love for the, the Rams has worked out this year. They're really irrationally interesting. Uh, not How about your out. irrational love for McAdoo? Oh, I do love McAdoo. Uh, Maca mm -hmm. don't. Maca mm -hmm. don't. So the Cut only off his hands. Not <laughs> 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 the stash or whatever. I'd say happening. yeah, the hair probably. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot to work on there. Um, but the only good matchup for the Giants is actually for the running backs. I still think it's going to be Orleans Darkwood. This is a slightly controversial opinion here. They were a little bit more of a uh, committee. Actually, Wayne Gollum had more snaps last week. Um, it, but listen, this guy actually did really great against the Chargers and the Broncos. He stunk it up against the Seattle Seahawks, but we could say that about a lot of people. So right. I think that he's going to be able to do a little bit of a bounce back here. Um, I feel fine about it. Then um, this is actually uh, the Rams give up the second most fantasy points to opposing running backs and standard scoring. So it's a good matchup. Uh, even uh, Evan Engram has back-to-back -back great games. Um before the bye, he had five catches for 82 yards and a touchdown in week six against the Chargers, six catches for 60 yards and a touchdown against Seattle. Uh, the Rams give up the sixth fewest fantasy points opposing tight ends, but there's no one else there, really. So they just have to throw it to him. So he's being targeted like 10, 12 times a game. He's only catching five or six, but hey, it's Eli Manning. That's pretty good. It's actually pretty good, that ratio. So we'll take it. Uh, I, I have him ranked number three on tight ends, you guys. I know that sounds crazy, but six teams are on by. A lot of bad matchups. It's pretty nuts. <laughs> uh, Sterling Shepard is questionable with that sprained ankle that he suffered in week five. He's coming off a bye. He is participating in practice. If he comes back, he's interesting. I don't like him in this particular matchup because the Rams go up the seventh fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. But moving forward in good matchups, I think he's going to be an interesting streamer type. So he's on a lot of people's waiver wire right now. I think he's an intriguing add. Um, when you look around the league, there are a lot of issues. So, you know, why not add one more and get Sterling yeah. Shepard on your roster? Uh, bench, obviously, Eli Manning. He scored 20 or more fantasy points in week three uh, at Philadelphia and week four at Tampa Bay. Other than that, he hasn't gone over 13 fantasy points at all. 
Rams give up the eighth fewest points to quarterbacks. So no, no kicker or defense and a possible blowout. All right, Ashley, I need you to answer all of my questions and needs for the Denver Broncos. I don't own any of them, thank God. But how depressing. Denver Broncos at the Philadelphia Eagles. My have the mighty fallen. I only have one <laughs> starter on this team. And I, the rest I are borderline benches. Um, and I feel so bad that this is the year that you get to fall. You get to cover them. <laughs> They're so awful. So bad. So bad. It's so frustrating. Well, let me say, I, I feel like I'm cover all the teams other than the Niners that had major changes <laughs> this week. Um, but in case, in the case of the Broncos, they announced that the Broncos will be going with Brock Osweiler in week nine against the Eagles as their starting quarterback. This is not surprising news as Trevor Simeon has been struggling mightily the past few weeks. Um, I know he's injured. I feel like this is one of those things we'll hear like last year where he played through a major injury. Um, but at the end of the day, he's not getting it done. So I understand it. Last week was the last straw when he completed just 19 of 36 passes for 198 yards, one touchdown and three horrible horrible interceptions like crazy interceptions like what were you thinking it wasn't even close it wasn't even wasn't even close to being completely passed but um you're not starting brock again i only mention it at the top as it naturally will affect everyone else that you're playing on this team and as i mentioned i really only have one starter on this team this week and even him i don't feel great about um and so with the news of the quarterback change cj anderson um i think they're gonna have to lean on him uh, he rushed 15 times for 78 yards, which is a step in the right direction last week compared to the weeks prior where he was in eight and nine touches. Um, give this guy the rock 20 times, please. Just give him the football. I feel better that it was 15, but again, they need to get back up to where they're giving him 20 touches. Um, I don't know. Yet, I let's feel hire the rock. <laughs> I just, I feel like Brock may kind of gunsling it a little bit this week. And I don't, I don't <gasps> love that. Oh, gross. Um, that made my heart hurt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, are you trying to? <laughs> no, you're supposed to give me good answers. Brock has a lot. lot. <laughs> Brock's got a lot to prove. I mean, he came to the, Bro I mean, when he came, people were not happy about him coming back. Um, I think the team is supporting him, but they're also really good friends with Trevor Simeon. So I think this is going to create an interesting dynamic in the locker room. Um, and as Brandon and I talked about that at the beginning of the show, Chad Kelly is practicing, who I called at the beginning of the season would be ultimately the quarterback because he is by far the most talented quarterback they have on this roster. Paxton Lynch is not even in contention at this point, which is crazy considering, you know, he was John Elway's boy. But Chad Kelly could very well be the guy when all is said and done. I think certainly for next year, I think he may have an opportunity uh, in the later weeks to prove himself. He's obviously not going to play this week. Brock is our guy, but someone to be on the lookout for, especially if you're in two quarterback leagues, he might be worth picking up because I think he could be starting potentially by the end, depending on how healthy he is. Now, everyone else on this team, I'm going to put in sleeper status because of Brock. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Demarius Thomas, he caught five of nine targets for 66 yards. He's your best option on this team. Uh, and you probably are going to play him because of the bye weeks. Emmanuel Sanders, he had the hurt ankle. He came back. He's practicing on Wednesday. He should play this week. But again, temper your expectations because there has been a whole lot of practice. And he's coming back from injury. This now bumps Benny Fowler out of contention. He only got two of his six targets. Uh, he is not an option if Sanders plays. Jamal Charles now is having touches taken away by Devontae Booker, who's entered in the last few weeks. Charles rushed eight times. Booker rushed six. They both got about 40 yards. Uh, Booker got a touchdown. 
the order is still Anderson, Charles, then Booker. But all this really means is that Jamal Charles and Booker are here to really ruin your fantasy day as they're just taking touches away. And you can't really play either one of them because you don't know who will actually be the guy that week. Um, my bench, AJ Derby, he's had some decent action as of late, but I'm not sure that if it's just chemistry that he have a Simeon or not, and I use the word chemistry loosely here, is obviously there hasn't been a whole lot of chemistry going around with the Broncos. <laughs> but last week he caught two of four targets for 21, but he also had a touchdown. You might want to look elsewhere to see how he interacts with Brock. Um, but he has a really good matchup, and he has scored two touchdowns this year. But again, those two touchdowns were with Simeon. And I feel like of all the positions, tight ends is where one quarterback may depend on them and the other one may not, or they choose a different tight end that they're comfortable with. So A.J. Derby is someone that I really think is on the cusp, but I don't know how he's going to interact with Brock. So not ideal. On to the Eagles. So Eagles Vice President of Football Operations, Roseman, said, like, Garrett Blunt remains the team's starting running back even after the trade for JJ uh, on Tuesday. So the Dolphins in exchange got a fourth round pick. I cannot believe they value him so little. They traded their starting running back away for just a fourth round pick. Do you not find that crazy? I think there's something here. It's called so, lack of kneecap. That's it's not yes. a good so, thing. Yeah. So last week, Ajayi rushed 13 times for 23 yards, which was terrible. Um, Adam Gase has expressed his frustration with Ajayi for quite a few weeks now. And there is talk that they don't, they think his knees are hurt. They don't believe in his knee. As Courtney's talked about for years now, the man doesn't have a kneecap. So it's something is weird going, there's something going on here. It's just a little bit odd. I don't know. I, I do think Ajayi will be the guy. I don't think he's the guy this week. I think Blunt will remain probably the guy at least this week. Um, they may end up playing a role, but Ajayi really hasn't been all that productive in a lot of games this week. So I think, you know, um, it, it really muddies the water in what is already a really muddy backfield. So I don't feel great about that. Um, Zach Ertz, I do feel good about. He you know, 34 yards and a touchdown week in, week out. That's what Ertz does. He is a must-start. Carson Wentz is also a must-start. Yes, it wasn't the best week last week, but we knew we had weather. Um, it was 18 for 32 for 211 yards, but he still had two touchdowns, one interception, and he was still the eighth-highest-scoring quarterback in standard leagues. So it was just a bad week with bad weather and a lot of games. I expect similar numbers against Denver. I'd say between 15 and 20 points. I'm leaning more um, on the 20-point range just because I think the Broncos are just beat down at this point. Um, so I think you can still start Carson Wentz. Alshon Jeffrey is deceptive. I have in my sleeper role, he caught, he had 62 yards and a touchdown, which you'd say, hey, that was a good week. But he only caught two of his eight targets. Yeah. That's not really all that productive. You know, it really isn't. So I don't know how you trust that when you only catch two of your eight targets as a lead receiver on the team. He had a good week. This is one of the weeks where people are Alshon Jeffrey believers. They have this week and they get all excited. And they're like, told you about Jeffrey, I told you. And then he kind of busts the next week. This is generally what happens. And he's in the no-fly zone. So I don't love him this week. If you have to play him, I get it. But I don't know. You're not going to get the week like you had last week, in my opinion. Nelson Aguilar, he's also a sleeper. He caught all three of his targets, the exact opposite, but it was only for 26 yards. He is still a good flex option. Although if you find other option this week, I think that would be good because, again, no-fly zone, tough Tough, tough secondary. Um, it's not my favorite. LeGarrette Blunt, as we talked about, I do think he will be the guy this week. Uh, I think we've got a lot that we're going to have to learn. But what I will say is this team likes a committee, and they always have. So you really don't know. Blunt could still be the goal line back, even with a Jai in. He could still have 
value. I just don't know. So really he's got to be relegated to a flex in a week with obviously a lot of teams out and you just kind of have to watch, but it's not looking great. And bench is Wendell Smallwood. He just hasn't been productive. And now the backfield is even more crowded. Nice. All right. The Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. You know, the Atlanta Falcons, it's like you watch them and you know that they're, they're capable of so much more. And so I keep, not telling you to necessarily sit them and not necessarily Mm -hmm. play them. So I don't know what to tell you. And I apologize, but I don't know if they know what to tell you either. Like as an organization, it's really, really scary. The Panthers give up the sixth fewest points to posing quarterback. And Matt Ryan has zero games of 20 of 18, 18 or more fantasy points on the season and standard scoring. What? But six teams are on by, so maybe you just need 15 to 18 points. Uh, Julio Jones has only one touchdown on the season, uh, but to be fair, he has 66 or more yards in all but one game played. But again, uh, you know, six teams on by. Carolina, tough defense. Eighth fewest points to wide receivers. we got Devontae Freeman. Oh, my. Oh. So he's playing 65% of the team snaps uh, as opposed to Tevin Coleman's 38%. Freeman hasn't scored a touchdown since week four and is questionable with a minor shoulder injury. That could be why last week was the first time that Tevin Coleman outtouched him on the season. Um, But Carolina gives up the third fewest points to opposing running backs. Now, really, Mohamed Sanu is kind of the fantasy MVP out of everyone on this team because you didn't even need to draft him. You just picked him up whenever, got him off waivers. Last week, he caught six of his seven targets for 74 yards and a touchdown. He's just a steady option with four or more catches in every game played except for the one where he was injured like in the middle of the game. So um, yeah, Steve Sarkeesian, the OC, just can't seem to get much out of this group, but it's very bizarre. You can start Matt Bryant again. It seems like he's okay. Remember he hurt his back. He had two bad games. Now he seems to be back and he completed 100% of his kicks last week, so that's good. The real sleeper here is probably Atlanta's defense. Now, they've been terrible in terms of fantasy points this year. They're um, 29th in the league, but uh, I'm intrigued about what's going to happen with Cam Newton without Kelvin Benjamin, and I know that he had his MVP season without, without Kelvin Benjamin, and everyone keeps talking about that. That's true, but this particular team this year seems to really depend on Kelvin Benjamin. If you looked at the game last week, it was a bad game for the offense, but Kelvin Benjamin came to uh, Christian McCaffrey keeps, you know, being involved, but it doesn't really move the chains as much as they need it to. They, they need something. I don't know. It's intriguing to me. And I'm not even going to talk about Taylor Gabriel. You guys, he had one catch for negative three yards last week. Why do we keep he keeps being projected to have more points than Muhammad Sanu. And I don't understand, like, in what planet is that? He, he's a potential sense? guy. I, he's a potential guy. I don't understand. Anyway, there you go. They always get the uptick for no reason. There we go. There we go. There's the depressing Atlanta Falcons. All right. Yep. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> 2017 rocks. Okay. Devin Funchess is now the number one wide receiver, as we talked about in Carolina. So no more Calvin Benjamin. I am starting him this week. But definitely pick him up, guys. He's still available in some of your leagues. So get him. Uh, granted, he has been very disappointing the last few weeks. Most of the Panthers have been. So um, they are too depressing. Cam Newton is listed as questionable this week. And man, his play has not been good in the last two weeks at all. This offense has just struggled. I don't love him. But every time I say not to play him, he ends up blowing up. 
Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say not to play him, but we know. Hands off. Um, listen, this is an awful matchup, and I, I do like him more than Win Winston, but I'm not trying to play him at all. There's a lot of talk about the absence of Benjamin will help Mr. McCaffrey, um, but he has been struggling as well. This is a good matchup for him, but that, that doesn't always translate on the field for him into fantasy points. He had only 4.9 fantasy points against the Patriots in standard leagues, 5.2 against the Bucks last week. He's getting many attempts. He isn't getting many attempts rushing, and I think the Panthers are afraid of breaking him because of his size. I really don't think they know how to use him properly, um just roll them out roll them out there come yeah, on and it, it, yeah <laughs> like oompa loompas just like roll them out well he's getting out. a ton of catches i mean if you're in a ppr league he's great if you are in a 0.5 or a standard eesh yeah but they even yeah. said they're kind of they're um afraid of using him on passing plays for pass protection because he is so small so like when they're not going to him he's blocking and they don't many, like how that. many small running backs have we had in this league that have done just fine now if it's a blocking issue that's completely different if he can't block but i'd find that very odd. i mean yeah i i mean you have to know how to use them and i just don't think carolina's figured it out yet and it does take some time to figure out a small back like yeah. that, but it's like he I keeps mean, getting like seven catches a game, but it's for like 30 yards. So you're like, that's not moving the chains. Yes. And so in PPR, mm -hmm. it's fine, but in standard, it's not good at all. Um, and that threat of Cameron Artis Payne didn't end up being anything. Stewart is listed <laughs> as questionable after <laughs> having a better game um, than he's had in quite some time with like nine something fantasy points and standard leagues. Uh, but they may all have the problem of not getting into the groove because nobody is getting the ball the majority of the time or enough to just really get themselves going. So it's kind of not my favorite play here. Not my favorite trio. Um, Ed Dixon had another bad game, and this is the toughest matchup for the Panthers. So you're not going with Mr. Dixon. All right, we have the Cincinnati Bengals, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let me start off by saying that I am so proud of Andy Dalton last week. He was the third yeah. highest quarterback in week eight. I think he was only with 18 fantasy points, but yay, it still counts. Um, I did not think he was going to do that. I thought he was going to be a bust, so I'm happily okay with him doing much better than what I had expected. Joe Mixon, on the other hand, didn't even have nine fantasy points in standard league. Oh, leagues. this is so shocking. Yes, yes. When he got um, caught before scoring that touchdown, I was like, oh my gosh, that's the most Joe Mixon thing I've seen all year. It was beautiful. Amazing. My husband, yeah, was, my husband was losing his mind about it. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, it was amazing. He, wanted, he wanted him to score, or was he just like... No, he was playing Dalton, and so he wanted the touchdown. And he's like, I can't believe he fell three yards, three yards. It's amazing. Yeah. And unfortunately for the Bengals, they are not playing yeah. the Colts this week. Sorry. AJ Green exactly. has really struggled the last two weeks. He's um He only had three receptions on eight targets last week. He did not get a touchdown. Um, He did get a touchdown, but he didn't manage double-digit fantasy points against the Colts. And if you can't do it against the Colts, it's not going to be easy for them to get it against the Jacksonville Jaguars, Brandon's AFC champs, that would give up the absolute fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. I mean, it's scary to bench A.J. Green on a week where there's six teams on bye, 
that you better not be relying on him for major fantasy points in standard leagues um, because I don't think they're going to be there. Um, so sorry. Um, I'm okay with Mixon as your flex this week. Um, it is the best matchup, but really there's nobody else that I would ever start against Jacksonville Jaguars. I just, you have to move on. Have to move on. Ashley. That's why they're the champs. The champs. So you're starting the Jacksonville defense. I think yeah. we can start with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they could have a field day with this, quite honestly, because this team is prone to turnovers. So this uh, this could be fun. You're also starting Leonard Fournette. Uh, he was inactive for week seven, and then he had the bye week last week. He has been practicing in full. He should play. He's a must start if he's playing. Obviously, he's fantastic. Uh, sleepers. Marquise Lee caught four or six passes for 72 yards in week seven, and he did not practice this Wednesday. Now, he didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday in week seven before he did play, and he ended up playing. So one would sit there and say, well, they're probably just resting him. But I am a bit concerned that he is not practicing after a bye week. You know, I just... I don't yeah. love that. And D.D. Westbrook returns this week, so this could hurt Lee. Um, I don't love it. I don't love it. I think you got better options. Now, Alan Hearns caught five of eight passes for 101 yards on eight targets, so he was Bortles' guy uh, when Bortles had a decent showing in week seven. Um, but again, it's been really all over the board. You don't know if Hearns is going to do it again. Uh, and with DD being in the full, we're not sure who will be the most affected. Is it going to be Hearns who's the most affected? Is it going to be Lee who's the most affected? For the most part, Lee has been Bortles' guy, despite the fact that Lee drops a lot of passes. Hearns has been a little bit more consistent. So I'm curious with the fact that Hearns was more the guy last week, if, if this is the, the tide that we're seeing turn here. But I just, I don't know... Um, I guess if you're desperate, you can play them in a flex role or a wide receiver three, but I would like to think you've got better options, and I don't think you generally want to rely on someone with Blake Bortles as their quarterback in your lineup. Probably not. So um, if you're desperate, again, I don't love the fact that Lee didn't play after the bye week, so I maybe would lean Hearns out of the two of them. Bench, Chris Ivory. Uh, he rushed 70 times for 47 yards and a touchdown while four on that was sidelined. And TJ Yeldon had nine carries for 122 yards and a touchdown. Yeldon came out and played. Uh, Coach Marone said he's considering getting TJ Yeldon uh, active on game days after a really nice performance in week seven. But this makes absolutely no sense, Coach. Zero sense. You've got Leonard Fournette. So are you going to take touches away from Leonard Fournette to give to TJ Yeldon? I don't think so. I do not think so. At least Chris Ivory is a bit more of a pass catching back. I, I just know I don't, this doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of TJ Yeldon. Mercedes Lewis cut two or three passes for 29 yards and a touchdown. He has an average matchup, but he's a hundred percent touchdown dependent and he's only scored in two games this year. One of those games, he had three touchdowns and then he had one touchdown last week. So I wouldn't be too optimistic about this. I think there's probably some better options out there for you. But again, do you really rely on someone that has Blake Boros as their quarterback? Probably not. No. no. All right. We got the Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. Here's the problem, Ashley. You don't want to depend on Blake Bortles as a quarterback. What about Brett Hundley? What about mm. uh, Jacoby Brissett? Brock. Brock. I mean, unfortunately, we have to rule out half the NFL at this point. But, but I'd rather play Thomas and Sanders. I'd rather play Jordy Nelson still. I'd rather play all those guys over them. Now, granted, there's a wide receivers compared to the tight end, but he just oh, hasn't sure. been utilized enough. 
I mean, we're, I'm just saying we're in hell. And I want to start with our weekly we are, update. We are in hell. That is we true. are in hell. Andrew Luck is uh, ruled out for week nine. I'm sorry. Every week. <laughs> you do just, it just for fun. I do. Uh, and uh, he's still not practicing. And supposedly he's feeling pain. And he's going to get a second opinion as to why. It's concerning. Could have done that a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Well, he apparently had a setback. This is all bad. So, yeah, I don't understand. But you know what? We're just going to move on with our lives. I've got um, a pain and it's in my. <laughs> it's in my tushy. It's in my tushy. Yeah, it is. And it's called Andrew Luck. Yeah, yes. it's fine. Uh, Jack Doyle is Brissette's favorite target, though. So Clearly. I think we need to, uh, we need to decide that, like, this is life now and just move forward. And um, he has 32 targets in the last three games. That's insane. For a tight end. That is yes. insane. Uh, now, he has scored a touchdown in two of those three performances as well. And last week, he went for 121 receiving yards. Now, I when you watch, you're like, I don't think Jack Doyle's necessarily a very good tight end. It doesn't matter, okay? The doesn't production matter. is there. Let it go. Let it go. I had to let it go. You have to let it go, too. So speaking of which, though, Brandon, He's only owning seventy nine percent of Yahoo leagues. He is out there in some leagues. In twenty percent, twenty one percent. Wow. Go get him, guys. Live in the now. Live in the now. Stop the now. having Martellus Bennett on your bench. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston gives up the sixth most fantasy points to tight ends, so this is the only must start for sure. Houston gives up the fourth most points to quarterbacks, but it's Jacoby Brissett. Uh, now I think he may get between fifteen and seventeen points. That's going to be my projection. So maybe you do need that. I don't know. Um, I think he's going to do that in an attempt to keep up with Watson and company. Um, Mess, six teams on by, whatever. Uh, sorry for those of you with T.Y. Hilton, you guys. Um, we were lied to about Andrew Luck, obviously, uh, in the preseason. And now uh, Hilton has scored five or fewer points in standard scoring in all but two weeks this season. Oh, it's so bad. The worst matchup of the day is for running backs. They give up the fourth fewest. Uh, that's Houston, that is. Uh, mostly because people have to start throwing because Deshaun Watson keeps throwing touchdowns to Will Fuller like it's his job. And I guess it is his job. But you guys, it's nuts out there. It's crazy <laughs> on this other side. Uh, so no one can run the ball because they're just trying to keep up, right? But Gore put up a season-high 82 rushing yards last week against the Bengals. Uh, Marlon Mack also got 11 carries. He only went 27 yards, but he caught three of his five targets for 36 yards and a touchdown. This is a committee, you guys, in a bad matchup. Ew. Uh, bench, kicker, and defense, possibility for a blowout. Nice. Texans. Houston Texans, congrats. You mm-hmm. owned a Texan week nine. You're facing the worst defense in the league. Yay. You are starting the main four because uh, congrats to week eight as well and pretty much on the season compared to everybody else. Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Lamar Miller, and Will Fuller. Our starters. Okay. Watson, everyone was so worried about Watson that they didn't, some of them didn't play him. Um, not us. No. Nope. Uh, he threw for a season high of 402 yards. He had four touchdowns. Yes, three interceptions, but who cares about that? If you can still manage over 30 fantasy points, throw as many interceptions as you'd like. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins saw double-digit targets for the fifth time this year and managed over 220 yards receiving and a touchdown. What? Against the Seahawks? Amazing. 
Miller, the Colts give up the third most fantasy points to running backs, and although he hasn't been consistent this year, he did manage to get nearly 20 fantasy points in standard scoring. He rushed a season high of 21 times last week, so although he started off slow, he had plenty of opportunity to get you those fantasy points. And for Mr. Fuller, hmm, 125 yards and two touchdowns because that is what he does. He yep. gets touchdowns. In fact, he's had seven touchdowns in the four games that he has played. How could you bench any of these guys? They're all starters. They're all starters. Um, and with that said, they still lost the game, which is crazy. Crazy. Um, there is really no one else on this team. So I guess if you really need to throw it at a tight end, maybe Ryan Griffin because of the matchup. But He's listed as questionable, only saw two targets last week. It's not a good thing, but just because of the matchup, if you're super like a deep league and you're super desperate, then maybe. But it's Let's not. Start that Houston good. defense. Well, and then obviously the Houston the defense. Houston mm -hmm. And Fairbird's yes. a decent kicker, too. Yes. I'm, just, I'm all over this team. I, I'm like kicker the day. I, did not, I did not go into details about kickers and defenses this week. I know I should have. I showed up, but I didn't. Mm. Oh, no. I'm just um, doing a Houston dance in general. I'm going to bring them all up. I'm going to bring they up are. That. They are. Yeah. It's going to be yes. ugly. It's going to be That's all. super I just ugly. All, I mean, when we say all, we mean all is all I'm saying. All. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. You have the Arizona Cardinals, the San Francisco 49ers. This could also be a super ugly game. Game but not because one team's blowing a team out because it's just going to be that pathetic of a, a game. <laughs> game of the oh, this game. Drew okay, Stanton, start, baby. Yeah. Baller. Um, let's start with the news. <laughs> so Bruce Arians expects David Johnson to miss the remainder of the 2017 season. So I don't know about anybody else. I own David Johnson. I was holding out hope. I feel like I Google David Johnson every single week to see if there's any updated news and not for research purposes, but for my own team purpose of being like, please come back, please come back. Cause there was talk. He would come back in November. Um, doesn't sound good. Leadership doesn't believe he's going to come back. Coach now doesn't think he's going to come back. Even David Johnson himself admitted he doesn't know when he'll be able to return to football action. It is time. It is time to get rid of him. Um, Cardinals placed quarterback Carson Palmer on IR with a broken left arm. Uh, he is hopeful that he can return with a left arm in four to six weeks. I don't know how positive that is. Aaron said the team will stick with Drew Stanton. This is not a shock. Arian sticks with his guys. He's not going to go get a different quarterback. Stanton will be the one to play. He did enter the second quarter after Palmer was hurt, and it was not great. He completed 5 of 14 for 62 yards, no touchdowns, and one interception. I do think it will be slightly better than that because he's going to get to practice with the ones, but it's not going to be a whole lot better than that. So I have basically downgraded everybody on this team into a sleeper category. Larry Fitzgerald, he caught three of his targets for 29 yards, but he was not even targeted in the second half when Stanton was in. This is concerning to me. This should change, obviously, when they're able to practice, and he should lean on Fitzgerald as a vet, vet on this team. Um, so I'm going to put him as a flex wide receiver three option, but do not have high expectations. Again, he didn't even target Larry Fitzgerald, so that is concerning. Um AP, he AP'd us guys. He had a monster week in week six. He rushed 11 times for 120, sorry. Uh, and then this week he rushed 11 times for 21 yards in week seven. It 
was terrible. He was off last week with a bye, and he has a matchup this week. Sorry, a, a great matchup this week. So let's hope something closer to week six production. Um, the Cardinals should run the ball a lot with Stanton behind center. But weirder things have happened this year. Hello, Trevor Simeon and 30-some passes. Ridiculous. Hello, um, so I don't know. You never know, but they should rely on AP. <laughs> so we're hoping, we are hoping for week six numbers. Bench, JJ Nelson, Jerome Brown, John Brown, no. I They were dicey with Palmer. They're even more dicey now that Stanton's in there. Andre Ellington, he was limited at practice on Wednesday. He could be an interesting play if it's Stanton just for the dump-offs because he's got much better hands than AP. I still think it's way too risky, but keep your eye on him because I do think he's someone that does still have a role on this team, especially because AP pooped the bed last week, two weeks ago before the bye. Um, I just don't know if this is the week because he's limited, but keep your eye on him. 49ers. All right. They made a trade. Congratulations. They have Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's the deal. He's definitely not playing before week 12. Now Shanahan just came out and said that he may not play at all this year. Does it matter? No. It doesn't. Okay? <laughs> it doesn't. We're still talking about the 49ers here. They're a team in progress. And it's just I'm going to say it. I don't think Garoppolo is going to do well. Oh. I, I, I don't know if anybody can do well in the 49ers after they screwed over Alex Smith. I feel like maybe it's just karma. The Patriots are such a system team. Matt Castle looked fantastic when he was there. And then he left. Not so great. Jimmy Garoppolo, I, is just he doesn't have the it factor to me. I think they just blew their chance at Kirk Cousins for Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's not going to pan out next year. Call him now. Well, mm -hmm. so what, really? It's a, I mean, it's my kind of feeling know. at this moment. Uh, so what? So I, listen, I am not going to tell you to start any of the 49ers. I do think you should all – um, own the backup running back, Matt Breda. So pick him up, but I am still not starting him. No one had double digits fantasy points in week four against the Cardinals. And although this isn't the toughest matchup, they are just really bad. Yes, Carlo Hyde is still on the team, but they are just really bad. Pierre Garçon, what a bust. I'm sorry. I haven't found anybody on this team that's worth owning other than Hyde and Breda. Breda, that guy. <laughs> the ultimate disrespect all right the ultimate courtney disrespect i don't Greta. have time to learn your name because i don't have time to focus on the 49ers okay i've got things to do okay um good luck <laughs> to you in 2018 but this is not the year um so let's move on we have the washington redskins at the seattle seahawks which only ticks me off more because this is officially the team that i hate the most to cover uh, this was a tough game. Um, this is a tough game for them. Ironically, not for Crowder. Or last week was Crowder actually did decent. Uh, he scored the second most letdown to uh, you know he's been the second biggest letdown other than Terrell Pryor. Obviously, that was a huge bust of 2017 um, for the Redskins. He had 13 fantasy points last week and double his targets that he's had all season. So congratulations. Um, but now he's listed as questionable and he faces the Seahawks. I don't think that they're going to do um, what Houston did to the, to the Seahawks last week. I just don't really see that really coming to play. So um, I do not love any of these guys again. Here we go. Here we go. It could be another game in the rain. You can still start Chris Thompson, but it 
It's going to be scary. Only play him if you need him. Kirk Cousins could be an okay, okay since last week. Um, was the first time he didn't get 20 um, or more fantasy points since week two. But this isn't my favorite matchup for Kirk Cousins. And again, we're in the rain. Let's talk about the real letdowns last week. We all thought Dachshund. That Josh Doxson guy could have a big Ooh. game. Um, he actually caught one catch at the end for, for one yard and a touchdown. <laughs> so luckily for him, um, it, it turned out to be um, yeah, totally not bust. a complete yeah. bust, but he really made you wait it out. Um, Jordan Reed only had one catch for five yards before leaving the game with a hamstring injury. Coach Gruden says um, he expects – Read to miss week nine. So I don't hate playing Vernon Davis, you guys. He's been part of the game plan even with Jordan Reed in. So um, there are worse options here in week nine. So that is my love that I have um, for the Washington Redskins. And just so everybody knows, Samaji P. Ryan had a second week with zero. Mm -hmm. I didn't even rank him this, this week. Yeah, there's nothing happening. He's, um, he's no, he's no moss. All right, Ashley, the Seahawks. Well, I've got love for at least a majority of the Seahawks. I already obviously ragged on the uh, running backs and I'll continue to do so in this write-up, but we'll start with the positives. Uh, Russell Wilson, 26 of 41 passes for 452 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. He had a great game. Again, we told you that he ramps up this time of year. He's continuing this. He's not someone you bench or even think about streaming a quarterback for. <laughs> if he has a bad matchup, you're playing him every single week. This is Russell Wilson's sweet spot. You're playing him. Jimmy Graham, he also did well. He had 39 yards and two touchdowns, caught four of his five targets. He did not practice Wednesday, but I'm not worried about it. It's, you know, it's a must start, I would say. So, um, I am a little concerned about Doug Baldwin. He called in six of his 10 targets, which isn't too bad, but it was only for 54 yards last week. But that's because this was a P. Ridge Lockett game, uh, especially in the end zone. That will not be the case every week. This week, though, will not be the bounce back week for Doug Baldwin, as Josh Norman will be tailing him, uh, and they give up the fifth fewest points to wide receivers. So I don't think this is the best, but more than likely, you are still playing him because, again, there are six teams on by. And let's be honest, you're not going to get cute and say, oh, well, Josh Norman's tailing Doug Baldwin. I'm going to go play Josh Doxson instead. Don't do that. Do not do that. Uh, sleepers, Tyler Lockett, he was 6 of 8 for 121 yards. This was by far his best game of the season. We knew it was going to be a nice matchup. We told you that both him and P. Rich were streaming options. Um, but this week won't be the case. Flex only. And what did I tell you about P. Rich? Boomer bust, but I said he's consistent. And he gets touchdowns. He was so good. He caught 6 of 7 for 105 yards and two touchdowns. He was awesome. Um, again, not easy matchups, temporary expectations, but still a decent flex option. Bench, you are benching every single running back on this team. And if you could bench more people that are running back, I would like you to. But unfortunately, we can only bench CJ Procise, JD McKissick, Eddie Lacy, and Thomas Rawls. CJ uh, Procise mm -hmm. did return to practice in a limited fashion. You're not playing him. JD McKissick, he's not been productive at all. Um, Interestingly enough, the offensive coordinator confirmed that Eddie Lacy will start Sunday against the Redskins, and that they'll okay. see how it goes. Um, Carroll said that he expects to see a lot of Eddie, a lot of Eddie, quote. Um, I'm not really sure where this confidence is coming from. Oh, no, from. this as, is way back up. As Eddie Lacy rushed six times <laughs> for zero yards, zero yards. 
I guess this is the obvious choice compared to Rawls' six attempts for negative one yard. It's pathetic. It is just pathetic. A giant no to all running backs on this team. I mean, I, right. what Russell Wilson's doing is amazing. It is. Amazing. It's really ups, amazing. It ups the stock of all the receivers because they are so bad at running back. All they yeah. can do is throw. This is why you're seeing 300 to 400 yard games from him. And you're going to continue because they have no running backs on this team. Period. Period. All right. Well, let's move on to the Kansas City Chiefs, the Dallas Cowboys. They've got running backs, do they? Do they? What's the update? All right. So uh, I'm actually really excited for this game. I think this is going to be the best fantasy game of the week. I am excited for it. Uh, listen, Alex Smith, second in the league in passing yards. Mm -hmm. And he and Tom Brady both have 16 passing touchdowns. And then uh, only Carson Wentz and, and Deshaun Watson have more passing touchdowns. You know, when did you think I'd say that about Alex Smith? Like ever. And I think people still have a bias against him. So people still aren't starting him a lot. I am definitely starting him against the Dallas Cowboys, where A, um, the defense gives up a ton of points to opposing quarterbacks. Uh, Simeon, Palmer, Goff, and Rodgers all scored 18 or more points. They give up supposedly it's the 14th most, but it's really because C.J. Beathard uh, also put up 14 points, though, by the way, if C.J. Beathard could do that. But then Cousins struggled against them in a monsoon last week, and then it was Eli Manning who got single-digit touch or single-digit fantasy points. So don't worry about the matchup, you guys. It's still a good one. Go for it. Kareem Hunt had his first game with less than 100 total yards of his career last week. Now, it was against the Broncos. It's happened before to people. They still have a great run defense, so I'm not worried about that this week. Um, I think he's going to score two touchdowns. That's right. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week three. I think this is the bounce-back game. Um, as always, you start Travis Kelsey, although – Little mini warning. Um, Dallas gives up the fourth fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends, but who cares? It's tight ends and you have Travis Kelsey. You're awesome. Uh, best matchup goes actually to the wide receivers. They give up the seventh most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So fire it up every other week, Tyreek Hill. That's right. This is the week he's supposed to blow up, and it's a good matchup. So there you go. Uh, Harrison Butker. You guys, kickers matter if you play with them. George. Eight or more fantasy points in every game he's played. Two games of over 20 fantasy points. What? I wish T.Y. Hilton had those numbers. All right. No sleepers, really. Uh, Albert Wilson's questionable with a hamstring. He wouldn't start him anyway. Do not start a defense, though, against Dak Prescott. And unfortunately, Kansas City defense has been a kind of a downer. A big downer, yeah, you guys. Too bad. All right, Brent, Ashley. Dallas Cowboys time? Yes. Yeah. Well, I got to start with Ezekiel Elliott because that's all we do. No, we actually want yeah. you to talk about something else. Can you talk about <laughs> the weather? No. I could. I could because I'm getting kind of sick and tired of opening up my Cowboys about Ezekiel Elliott every week because every week there is something new to update about. I'm literally over it. Um, but we're in the home stretch. We're in the home stretch here. So the NFL Players Association filed an uh, appeal and an emergency injunction with the second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals on Wednesday. Uh, initially, they were hoping for an answer allegedly by 5 p.m. Eastern today. Wednesday didn't happen. Now they're hoping for Friday so they can hopefully get Elliott playing for this week. As of right now, you need to assume he is not playing. Uh, this comes two days after U.S. District Court Judge Catherine P. Falilia, I can answer her name. 
she denied his request for a preliminary injunction, which basically reinstated Elliott's six-game suspension, hence why we're saying that you should not plan on him playing. So the Second Circuit offers Elliott his best chance at actually returning this season without serving that six-game suspension. But again, keep in mind, the Second Circuit is who ruled against Tom Brady and Deflategate. And if Tom Brady can't get this with Deflategate, I'm not sure you've got a chance, Ezekiel Elliott. So if you are an owner, you should assume that Ezekiel Elliott is suspended for the six games. End of story. So where does that leave us? Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, because we apparently need to get all of our news from Jerry Jones, uh, said that Alfred Morris will be the number one running back with Zeke out. So he did say, though, that both McFadden and Rod Smith will have roles. So thanks for clarifying nothing, Jerry. Thank you. Really appreciate it. I will say I do think Morris is the guy, but I would not be surprised if they flip the switch on you and it's McFadden. So as we've been saying all season, you've basically having to be rostering all three of them at this point in time. Dak Prescott, he had a bad week. He will bounce back, guys. He completed 14 of 22 passes for only 143 yards and no touchdowns, but no interceptions. But this was an Ezekiel Elliott game. This is It was literally all Elliott. That will not be the case moving forward. So... Des Bryant is a must-start. He was 4 of 6 for 39 yards last week. He is limited in practice with a new injury, but the Cowboys don't seem concerned about it, so I'm not going to be concerned about it either. You're not benching Z uh, Des, period. And again, with Elliott being out, this is good news for Des. My bench, Cole Beasley, he has a concussion. He's not practicing. Terrence Williams, he only was targeted three times for 36 yards. But I do think his role could increase with no Elliott. Uh, he does have a nice matchup, so if you need a flyer, I'm okay if you want to take a flyer on him or Butler. Um, Jason Witten, he caught three or five targets for 31 yards. His role could also increase, but he only has an average matchup this week. The wide receivers certainly have the better matchups. I think they're going to benefit more than Jason Witten would with Elliott being out. Thank you, Ashley. Mm. All right, we got the Oakland Raiders, the Miami Dolphins, the Raiders. The Raiders. Oh, it's my favorite. It really is my favorite. Amari Cooper came out in week seven and got you 33 fantasy points. Mm -hmm. You were like, yes or no. He was on my bench, whatever. Everybody put him in in week eight. Well, he got you 5.2 fantasy mm -hmm. points in standard leagues. Boom. Boom. Not good, you guys. Now, we're talking about there possibly could be in weather which is not the best thing. They might not be, but they might also be. They're playing against the, Dol or the Dolphins, who are actually not bad on defense. I do not love this matchup. Michael Crabtree, uh, I'm sorry, Marshawn Lynch is back uh, after being suspended for inappropriateness. Um, so he is back, so that's sad uh, for owners that picked up, you know, Jalen Richard. Or DeAndre Washington, excuse me, who got you the fantasy points last week. Also, this is a bad matchup. Uh, this is not an easy thing for them to do. I think, let's see here, Alex Collins did well against them. But other than that, it wasn't until week four when Alvin Kamara did well against them. Um, and then uh, Melvin Gordon in week one. So I don't love this matchup um, for Marshawn Lynch. Now I say that he had a week off. He's an old man. Maybe this is actually beneficial for him. Uh, probably not. Of course, you know where I'm going to go with uh, when it comes to wide receivers is Crabtree for me every time. I don't know why this is an issue. It's 2017. 
19 people, we have to wake up and realize that that's what's happening. Um, Jeremy Macklin got double digits. Uh, it's it's usually the number one wide receiver who does it. Eric Decker, on the other hand, is the one that did get the most. So I guess it's possible that Crabtree could, but um, excuse me, Amari Cooper could, but it's not my it's not my jam. Derek Carr, man, what a disappointment. Yeah, um, mm. just completely inconsistent. Um, you know, our family's a really competitive league. We're like almost all tied up every week. I mean, it's super tough. And Derek Carr is available in our league. Um, and you gotta is be like, well, yeah, week three, five point two points. Week four, nine point seven. Week five out. Week six, 6.8. He had a big game in week seven, like like Cooper. And then last week, he had 12.5 fantasy points. That is not going to cut it. When you have more interceptions than touchdowns, it, that's not going to win you the game. Um, it's just clearly he doesn't. he's not feeling right. Um, it's just really, really sad. I, I'm kind of disappointed. I had high hopes for Derek Carr. I knew this was going to be a tough schedule for them. But, man, ouch. Um, really the most productive person compared to other people in their position is Jared Cook. I mean, he did catch four of his five targets for 57 yards. If you added a touchdown on that, on that he would have gotten your, your double digits and like he did the week before with 107 yards. So, um, it's not a great matchup. It's not an awful mass matchup. Miami gives up the 11th most fantasy points to tight ends. So there is a possibility that Jared Cook um, could be the guy that finds the end zone or at least gets the yardage. Um, and he does have a really great um, reception completion um, percentage. So there is that. All right. How about the Dolphins, Ashley? The Dolphins. Well, in really exciting news, Jake Cutler is practicing in full. Oh, thank God. I know. I know. You've been wondering. You've been wondering. Uh, so <laughs> he's going to play this. He's going to play this week. Uh, you, on the other hand, are not playing him. But I shouldn't have to tell you that. He's, you know, this team is just, their offense is anemic. It's just terrible. But uh, I needed to say at the top of the show or top of the, this topic to set the tone for the rest of these guys. Now, Jarvis Landry is my only person that I have in a starting category here. And even that I don't feel great about. But again, he's being targeted a lot. He's targeted 12 times. And caught five of them. Granted, this was Matt Moore. So I used the word targets loosely with what happened last game. Um, but he had 33 yards. Now, Cutler is coming back, and that is good news for Landry. This is good. That is good news for him. He doesn't have that potential trade looming over his head. There was talk around the tread deadline that they were going to get rid of Landry. Um, clearly, that didn't happen. So all is good there. It's not a great matchup. It's also not a bad matchup. It's just very middle of the pack in terms of. Um, points allowed so i think he should be okay um you can play him i you're looking at probably just a yardage play versus touchdown but you never know maybe maybe a little time off to jay cutler well not likely but we can think positive here my sleepers um Devontae parker he's practicing in full um and he should play this week which then with vargas return makes kenny stills who had 10 targets, granted with Parker out for 63 yards. He's a flex option only. But again, with six teams on by, I think you can feel okay about him in a flex role. I do want to mention that uh, Dolphins, call, excuse me, Dolphins coach Adam Gaze called out his entire team 
for not studying their assignments. And it was a really interesting rant that he had um, because he did, he really hasn't taken any blame for the woes of the dolphins. Uh, and some would argue that it has been very much the scheme that they are throwing too much, a 61% pass ratio, which seems incredibly high when you've got Jake Cutler. But I guess one could also argue with all of his frustrations with Jay Ajayi, who hasn't been producing, that, and that we may you know, not be fully in the know of potentially the knee issues, that that may be why they were relying on that. So I'll be intrigued to see how the ratio may shift now that Ajayi is gone. So I will say that with Ajayi being traded to the Eagles, Kenyon Drake and Damian Williams are the Dolphins' top two running backs. Apparently, Drake is being considered the number two back earlier this month, so that would slide him into the lead role. Um, but Williams played more snaps this season, so it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, they do have a good matchup this week, but I think it's way too dicey to put two guys in when JJ couldn't even produce. And again, it is such a heavy pass offense right now. I think it's too risky for you to really play item. But if you want to grab one and stash it, I would go with Drake right now. Um, but don't play them this week. A lot of fantasy analysts were telling people to spend all their fab money on Kenyon Drake. That scares Ooh. me. That's way too scary for me. Because again, yeah. there's such a heavy pass offense right now. And a Miami offensive player? Ooh. Yeah, at all. Spicy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Drake's the one to, to choose out of all of them in theory. But Cut again, off his hands! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to judge other people's analysis, but I was like, wow. Like, whoa. But I guess in a year we have so many running back issues. I mean, you at least have a yeah. guy that you're like, all right, well, fresh meat right now. Why not? Um, I don't bad know. out there. Bad. We're gonna we're gonna learn a lot about this offense, whether it was really truly Ajayi or or what's going on. I love Adam Gay's like throwing fits in the side. He did this He's last like year too, though. Coughlin. I think him trading away Ajayi with, with the spark he wants for his team. I think he's kind of like a you know shock jock kind of. He wanted to shock them into a little bit of fear of hey, I have no problem getting rid of people. Do your job, and it worked out fairly well last year. But at some point in time, you know, this does come down to coaching too. So. One of our uh, listeners right now on YouTube just said, do you think it's a good idea that I dropped Devontae Parker for Paul Richardson? I think we'd all agree, yeah. Yes. One's in a yes. good offense and one yes. isn't. Because regardless of matchups and at play. this point in time, they, Seattle has no running backs. So they are going to be throwing over and over and over and over again with at least a decent quarterback. Jacob, Russell Wilson's on fire right now. I mean, on which fire. quarterback would you rather be throwing your wide receiver the ball? You know, that's mm -hmm. my thing. Not even close. Mm -hmm. yeah. close. Peabody doesn't get close to the targets of Parker, but... Well, we don't touchdown. know. Parker's not even yeah. on the field. He's got the touchdown upside right now. So, All right. We got Monday Night Football, Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers. Listen, Golden Tate is a great start in PPR. He caught seven of his eight targets last week. He didn't get tons of yardage, but 86 yards isn't bad. He has, covered, or he has scored 10 or more in PPR in five out of his seven matchups against the Packers um, throughout the years. So now the Packers rarely give up huge points and standards to – two wide receivers so if i'm choosing a wide receiver in standard links i'm going with marvin jones now i i would play both in ppr but i like marvin jones more in standard scoring um i think that he is going to get the the most 
and um, fantasy points. Um, he's had over 120 yards receiving. He had over 120 yards receiving last week and continues to be a must start. Um, so congratulations, Marvin Jones, on not being awful. Amir um, Abdullah, on the other hand, was pretty bad last week. Oh. But that was to be expected. But the Packers mm. give up the fourth most fantasy points to running backs. So there's a chance that he could back bounce back to his normal 8.6 fantasy points in standard links. So it's there, you guys. Just so you know, Abdullah has had under six fantasy points in four out of his seven games and not a single game over 100 yards rushing. I think I wrote all season, but I really think it's all career. I'll have to double-check that, but I'm pretty sure when he got 96 yards, it was a career high after he career tied at 86 yards <laughs> rushing. So I'm oh, pretty sure. Sad. So sad. It is sad. It is, Ashley. I will say I do like Matthew Stafford. Um, I think that he should have a decent game. Now, he had 18 fantasy points last week, threw for 423 yards. And the 18 fantasy points was without a touchdown. That's pretty impressive, you guys. I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, not bad. And congratulations to Mr. Matt Prater for keeping them on the board. Um, well done, sir. Well done. Um, and we already kind of touched on Eric Ebron at the beginning of the show, so I won't send us down a, a really depressing uh, dark hole at the end of the show as well. So, But you know us. Um, Bricks, savage costume from like an 11 year old. Yes, Kenny Galladay uh, continues to be questionable as well, just so you know. Brandon, how about the Packers? Well, I don't, I, again, I'm not quite sure what to say about a Green Bay Packers team that doesn't have Aaron Rodgers on it. Um, I do want to say that before we get in, because we talked about the Browns are going to Brown at the top of the show. And I, I uh, wanted to say that I forgot to mention that um, Josh Gordon has been reinstated by the NFL, yeah. but he's not allowed to even practice until November 20th. So that means that the earliest that he'll be back is week 12. He is only a deep, deep stash dart throw that I mean, I don't even know what he's going to do for you at that point, you know, um, but I did want to say it is true, but he's going to have Deshaun Kaiser throwing him the ball, not AJ Perrin because they can't file their paperwork. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I just, it's, uh, I just wanted to mention it because it is a big news story and I'm sorry if I should have said that, but we weren't covering the Browns because they're on by <laughs> moving on. Uh, However, the Green Bay Packers kind of feel like the Browns to me. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Right now without Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they did have a bye. Hopefully they got something together. And hopefully what they decided to do is that they're going to continue running the ball with Aaron Jones. Uh, however, you know, of course, we're talking about Ty Montgomery all the time. I am a little bit nervous here, but I'm going to tell you to definitely start Aaron Jones and pretty much no one else. Why? Because last week, Jordy Nelson caught one of his four targets. Again, targets are loose because we're talking about Brett Hundley here uh, in the rain against the Saints. The Saints love to force turnovers and have been decent um he got one of his four targets for 13 yards Devonte adams caught two of his five targets for 12 yards and randall cobb bought two uh caught two of his four targets for 15 yards martellus bennett caught two of his three targets for 17 yards by the way all of those are in teens everyone and martellus bennett announced yeah. on instagram stories that he is going to retire at the end of the season so in case we didn't already catch that drift from this season. Uh, but he did say that he's going to pour himself into these next few games to really give it his all. So I don't, uh, but I'm not Good. going there. I'm Good not starting anyone here. He's been, yeah. he's been wonderful for football. Retirement will be great. 
Absolutely. Good for you. But I do think this is interesting because that means he's at the end. So like, yeah. you just can't, ex we've been telling you not to have him anyway, but maybe you haven't been listening. So just FYI, uh, I don't know how I can tell you to start anyone on this team, but I feel like if you have Jordy Nelson on your bench, you might cry. I'm torn. Bad analysis. But that's how it is. It I like it. I, you know what it is. It, it's 2017. It's week nine. We got six teams on by. It's getting scary out there. You guys, again, get them out of your lineup. Chicago Bears, Cleveland Browns, Minnesota Vikings, New England Patriots, Pittsburgh Steers, Steelers, and the Los Angeles Chargers. Again, sign up for our mailing list, you guys. You can be part of a really fun FanDuel game. It's free. It's called Diced. You get four ingredients to set your lineups. It's super fun. Last week we had play two Bengals, Bears, or Lions. 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 Oh my. You know, it's fun stuff like that. You know, you can only play a quarterback in the AFC West or you know, it's it's fun stuff. So make sure you sign up on HerFantasyFootball.com. You can also listen to us again this week on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio from 9 to 11 Eastern on Saturday night. So last time before you uh, hunker down to set your lineup the next morning. You can also tweet us at HerFantasyFB. We'll be there to answer your questions. Have fun watching the Bills and the Jets tomorrow night, you guys. Until Boop. next time, no more faking it. Boop.